Hey guys, I got great news for you if you like fantasy sports like I like fantasy sports. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets, plus two in case of emergency picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop bet has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. So, for example, will Steph Curry score over or under 25 points? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Guys, do me a favor. Enter promo code LAKERS upon sign-up to have your first deposit match $10 instantly, but it's a minimum $10 deposit. And you can find this on any of the app stores under Thrive Fantasy. How y'all gonna lose Kobe for LeBron? What? And Lonzo Ball? Nah, 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 nah. Step your game up, buddy. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. 24 Black Mamba, yeah, you know that we kill them. Any team stepping up, yeah, you know that we drill them. Roger Josh, Jason, really wanna know your opinion. Uh, welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Please don't come with that nonsense unless you talking that realness. And if you come with that bull, we let the world hear it. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. We really wanna know your opinion. We really wanna know your opinion. Uh-huh. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. Right. Welcome to the Lakers on Filter. That's right. We really wanna know your opinion. Right. We really wanna know your opinion. Ah, uh-huh. please don't come with that nonsense. Please talk realness. For real. Don't talk none of that stuff that they talk about on Sports Center. None of that. Seriously. Talk that realness. For real. Please. Gonna let the world hear it. Uh. All right, guys. Tonight on uh, on the Lakers Unfiltered podcast, we have a very special guest, Scoop B. What's up, Scoop? How you doing tonight? And I'm chilling. Baby in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it, it don't stop me. I'm in urgent care. It don't stop. <laughs> you know, brother. So, so scoop. Uh, just a little bit going on in the land of the, of the Lakers uh, right now. We got Magic quitting, and Luke uh, parting ways mutually. Is that what you're hearing, or was it a firing? Tomato, tomato. Yeah. <laughs> same, same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, Luke Walton going to me, but it, it was imminent. Uh, just we didn't know that we'd have an alternate ending before the actual ending with Magic Johnson being out. It was kind of uh impromptu press conference that uh, now asked the question, who will be the next uh, president of basketball operations? And um, I had reported it could be anybody from um, – Jerry West to um, David Griffin, who's now uh, accepted a, a role, an undefined role with the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, and then um, had also mentioned that I was hearing Daryl Morey. 
Um, so it'll it's a it's a we'll see what happens. You know, during the playoffs, this is a time uh, that people begin making uh, plans for the next season, and uh, we'll see what name emerges as, as far as that and as far as the head coaching situation. Monty Williams is a name that's emerged. Uh, Tyron Lewis is a name that has emerged. A name that I had been hearing during, since uh, November was Jason Kidd. Uh, and with Magic Johnson now departing, that, that narrative may change uh, because the goal is ultimately with the head coaching position. Hey, there's a future podcast in the background uh, <laughs> with the with the with the you know you know the situation with Magic Johnson leaving. Um, you know, it, it could be anybody's guess who's the, who who you know will be the next head coach at the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Scoop, quick question. I mean, I'm hearing, you know, what, what other rumors put out here. I'm hearing that uh, that uh, they might want to throw Kobe into the mix. What do you think about him coming on as president? You think that would be something that he wants to take on? Or that's he's just going to you know, that, sit um, back and be like, I don't want to be part of this? I spoke to someone today uh, who said to me that it would, if, if Kobe were to come in any capacity with the Los Angeles Lakers, um, it would be in some type of consultancy role. And I tweeted it on Twitter today. Actually, you know, consultancy can mean some of everything. You know, Hakeem Olajuwon consulted with LeBron and Amari Stoudemire with footwork. You know, it could be a situation where, you know, Kobe could be working with, with certain players. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's taking on a full workload of uh, being a coach or, you know, what have you. Um, I, I can tell you that Jeannie uh, Buss and Kobe Bryant uh, did have a phone conversation for about an hour um yesterday and you know Kobe was kind of briefed on what was going on nothing imminent on the Kobe side and things can always change with the Los Angeles Lakers as you know um, my reporting about Kevin Durant uh, back in September could have many peaks and valleys gone but I will tell you uh, that with Magic Johnson departing and Monty Williams being a guy of interest you know Monty Williams and Kevin Durant have a relationship they are from the DMV area and uh that could be a situation, yeah. and then you know, with David Griffin going to the Pelicans as, as in a consultancy role, the Lakers could open those conversations. But the only problem is Brandon Ingram is damaged goods right now. So you you look at the draft around draft time, and, and the Boston Celtics emerge with all the draft picks, etc. Um, but I, I'll just say, and I'll just throw this out there: um, if the Lakers or the Celtics aren't able to nab anything, don't sleep on the Denver Nuggets as a team of interest for Anthony Davis. So. Um... Do you think that with this new management in place that this could make a, a guy like Kevin Durant not want to come to the Lakers like like you had previously reported? It's hard to say because I have to see who else they put. You know, the NBA is a relationship league. Yeah. So, you know, while that information was given to me, you know, a lot of people have asked me that on Twitter. I purposely not responded because I have to see what else is put out there. Um, the information that I got was based upon a building narrative with those who were in place. Monty mm-hmm. Williams adding him into the fold would certainly bring would, would make some things happen on the you know the KD side and on the Anthony Davis side. Um, you know David Griffin in, in New Orleans having the connection to you know uh, some would argue um, because it still comes down to what someone's offering. Um, the David Griffin thing. Sounds more like a Boston Celtic move, him being the astute guy that he is, than it would be a, a Lakers thing. Just because he has a relationship with, um, just because he has a relationship with 
LeBron James doesn't automatically mean he's just going to give Anthony Davis up for nothing. So to answer your question about Davis, that's how I feel. As far as Kevin Durant, yeah, it's the narrative based upon Magic Johnson. I have to see what else they're offering um, or who they're getting in their front office. And I'll just say it's a long season ahead. Yeah, I mean, okay, like I I was really sitting back and I was really thinking about it and I was I'm really like puzzled on why LA is not a premier landing destination anymore for free agents. But then again, I was trying to think of when was the last biggest free agent that we got in the prime? Like it had to be like Shaq. So it wasn't really that is it a hard place to play or with the CBA now that these smaller teams can offer these max contracts and kind of like making the league even out that people are more willing to stay on these smaller markets and still get endorsement money and things on top of that rather than coming and playing in the pressure of like a bigger city like a LA or New York because the Knicks haven't been relevant in a long time either and that's not normal for them either or to or more likely like like we'll take it from, from an example like this Miami is a major U.S. city but it's not New York and it's not LA. No disrespect to anyone in, in, in Miami, but LeBron going to Miami, he played with his friends. So he brought Madison Avenue to him. He didn't have to go to the Knicks to play on Madison Avenue, so to speak. When you when he made his return back to Cleveland, he brought Madison yeah. Avenue to him. LA is the first big market city, like in top, you know, like top three that he's played in. That's why there's so much attention paid to him. And so when you look at, to, to initially answer your question, what's the holdup? It's a couple things. Number one, I think they don't want LeBron to get it. <laughs> Number two, um, <laughs> to, to paraphrase off of DJ Khaled, they don't want you to win. Um, I think the other part is LeBron, for some players, they think he's too hands-on. You know, he's about this. You know, like I had Rick Bugle on the Scoopy Radio podcast. Uh, which you all can subscribe to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher app, or simply visit scoopbradio.com. And that comment about the whole toxic thing, um, I asked if he thought that many took it out of context. And he said, yeah, because of the aggregation age. Like, people think that, I mean, people can make whatever they want it to be what it is. And so with the Kevin Durant comment about toxic, it's like, okay, that means he's not playing with him. He never said he wasn't playing with LeBron. He just said that being around him is toxic. But the thing is, with Dwayne Wade leaving, I was on the radio the other day. I did a press run in Chicago. And I said, um, with Wade retiring, um, when LeBron is going to have to act like Wade when LeBron came to Miami. He deferred to him. He told him it was his team. With LeBron being 34, having the groin injury that he has, he's got to recreate and create his second act. Otherwise, He's he, it's going to be a situation like Carmelo Anthony where Carmelo Anthony, how people say he didn't want to change or he didn't change. People could start giving LeBron that same characterization. You don't want that. So I feel like, you know, Kyrie and that situation, I don't know the Lakers to be an option for him at this time, but Le- Kyrie is a little different because he keeps a lot of things close to his vest. Even those in his inner circle don't necessarily know what he's doing. But what I will say is, when you look at what's going on with the Lakers and LeBron, I feel like it's a combination like you saw with the trade deadline, where New Orleans wasn't trying to give up Davis, and people just don't want to see L.A. be a dynasty because they're the Lakers. They win all the time, at least in years past, in the 80s, and in the, in the 70s and the 60s, right? 
That's right, yeah. So so with uh, Rob Plinka in charge, I guess it's it's well known throughout the league that no one else really wants to deal with Rob Plinka and no one would take his phone calls. And with Magic stepping down and Rob Plinka kind of assuming the power right now with Lakers organization, it, it, is that going to – does that make him the right fit to be the new president of basketball operations or does he stay on as GM or – you guess that is mine. Um, the last time I talked to Rob Palenka was in February. I ran into him at a Jordan party, and I told him, uh, I'm sorry that things didn't go the way that you want, would have wanted them to go, but I hope that things do get better. And he smiled, shook my hand, and said, I appreciate that. Um, and I, I, I would have never have guessed in a million years that Magic and Palenka would not finish what they started. I don't know if it's a Michigan and Michigan State rivalry going on in the front office, <laughs> um, but I will say um, that um, Jenny Buss was in favor of Luke Walton. It was I, I spoke to a couple people who who said to me basically, you know, Jenny was in favor of Luke staying, but when the product, whenever you have a team like LeBron James on the floor, um. Things change, and we knew that year one was going to be what it was. Like, that wasn't a surprise, but damn, we didn't know it was going to be that bad. That's true. You know, before LeBron got hurt, I mean, they, you, you, they were a strong team, and they were finding their identity and building. I mean, they started out the season rough. So to answer your question, like, if I was the Lakers, I would have jumped on the David Griffin thing. Somebody uh, shared with me today via text message that the Lakers called uh, Griffin yesterday and told him, they weren't interested uh, in him, but you know Jerry <laughs> wow. Jerry West is in L.A. He's in a consultancy role with the Clippers. Would he come back? I mean, I'm always pulled for the logo. Me and him have the same birthday, after all, May 28th, baby. But um, no, I mean at the end of the day, it would be <laughs> very interesting. It wouldn't be the Lakers if it wasn't interesting. Yeah, I mean that that's super true, and like. Like I was telling Jay and Roger um, before, it's like Jerry West is the, he's the perfect fit. I was like, I mean, look what he did with the Clippers. Like he literally came back and traded their best player, and everybody was like, oh, I don't really know about this, but he got complimentary players, and now they're in the playoffs. Like I don't think anybody no. really thought the Clippers were gonna do that with this team. So I, I think he's he's the, he's that right guy. I mean, he went to Golden State and put it all together. Like he knows how to bring together the complimentary players but like I was also saying is is the league starting to shift because it's not really like the two superstars isn't really winning a championship anymore because let's be honest if that was the case then the Houston Rockets would be doing it I mean I know Golden State's a perennial powerhouse right now with you know having four superstars um you know maybe maybe even five but I really don't see two superstars winning it because, I mean, even Kevin Durant and Westbrook couldn't do it, you know? So it's like, I think you still need, I mean, in addition to adding another superstar, I still think you need that great supporting cast. I really don't think two superstars are going to do it. You need to figure out how to have, a first of all, a good bench, and second of all, like, a a, a solid two to three more players that are going to be starting, you know? You hit on the new, you you hit the peg where you talked about Westbrook and um, KD, they didn't mesh because they both needed their own team. Um, and I think when you look back in history, the Thunder will remind you so much of the Dallas Mavericks with um, Jason Kidd, Jamal Mashman, and Jimmy Jackson, as well as 
the Atlanta Magic with Shaq and Penny because you'll always wonder what if. That Thunder team also had Harden. And they were a young team that never got to mature because yeah. people want their money. Pay them what you owe them. And I think um, at the end of the day, um, you're right. <laughs> you need three. You need a triumvirate and you need a great supporting cast. But then look at the Brooklyn Nets. That team is built around D'Angelo Russell, former Laker. I know that's a soft spot. But <laughs> you have, you know, Karis LeVert, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Damari Carroll, Joe, um, Joe Harris. Like, you have a bunch of – I mean, D'Angelo's only all-star on that team, but you've got a bunch of guys that have relationships, like to see other, each other do well, and they're developing a young culture. I don't necessarily think you always need a three – but I do think they need another complimentary guy on that team in order to be successful to take it to the next level. So, so, so when you look at going the Lakers, into the summer, yeah, sorry. yeah, I think I think I think you're just gonna get to where what I was gonna ask. But go ahead, sorry. Um, when you talk about the Lakers, like if they're looking to do this in the next two years, like we don't want Space Jam to be the highlight of the Lakers. We want to have like like something or like a, at least one championship. Otherwise, this LeBron James thing will be for naught. I mean, I'll tell you straight up. That Jenny Buss was so ticked off with Magic Johnson, they legitimately were looking to trade LeBron James at the trade deadline. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it it's the right thing to do if they think that they can't win with him at this point. Why hold on and just maybe go to the Western Conference Finals? You know, the, the Lakers are all about championships, and if they feel like they can't win with LeBron the way that it's set up right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't take it off the table. Would you, where would you send him? I, I don't know. I'd like, I, I, at that point, I would just put an open bid out and see who wants to give me the best deal and go from there. You know, like, If I could get the number one draft pick for him and get Zion and just kind of align all the young kids on the same schedule – that might be the most optimal thing because you get 15 years of Zion when you only have two years left of LeBron. I'll put it like this. If I, if, if I was LeBron James retrospectively, I would have went to Philadelphia instead of L.A. It definitely looks that way right now, yeah, for sure. But, you know, and I'll tell you guys, I'll share this with you. He did at least have someone, he had Rich Paul meet with the Sixers, but if you listen to his press conferences, like during the finals, he said he was only going to go someplace where his family and him were familiar with. And they lived in L.A. at points during the summertime, and they're from Northeast Ohio. I will tell you that I knew people from major companies that had known that LeBron was going to L.A. since March of last year. We're talking like big companies. Um, and I had these conversations with them in the last two months. And what I can tell you is um, the whole Philly thing, he just wasn't feeling. I also feel like Houston would have been a good fit. But I know that he was at least considering Philly to the point that someone shared with me that when LeBron ended up going to the Lakers, Ben Simmons made a call to somebody within LeBron James's circle and cursed out this particular person because he was mad <laughs> because he thought that the Sixers had a, legit, a legitimate chance of getting LeBron. 
So do you think that uh, Rob Planka can land a superstar this summer? If it, if, if it stays as is, right, and he's the president slash GM and they don't bring any, anyone else in, does he have the, the pull to sit down with the Kevin Durant, a Kyrie Irving, a Kawhi Leonard and persuade them into coming to the Lakers? Um, I think he does because it's almost like Rob is a made man having worked with Kobe. Um, mm-hmm. uh, having worked with Durant in the few, in the past on the contracts, if I'm not mistaken, there's a relationship there. That's why, although I've reported Jason Kidd and Mark Jackson as, as viable options, number one, if the Lakers would have gone out and get Jerry West, you could forget Mark Jackson coming. Um, because of their 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 rifts during the Golden State era, but if you bring in Monty Williams, it makes sense. But who else are you going to bring along with him? Well, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the one job that Bob Myers would leave Golden State for would be the Lakers. Is that a possibility? Well, he went to UCLA. Um, and this was, of course, the talk before um, Luke Walt was really and realistically fired. Um, the talk was, okay, like Rick Buecher talked about how on the Scoopy Radio podcast, how Bob Myers having the UCLA ties was going to get Luke Walton a job as a head coach at UCLA. So then you look at the situation with Bob Myers. If Bob Myers was born, then you think, okay, Luke and Bob Myers could coexist together. Okay, that's not going to happen. But the Bob Myers situation could lure Kevin Durant to the Lakers. It's an easy, mm-hmm. it's a glove that can fit, and you, you, you can't acquit. And I think that it depends on who you bring in with him. You have two max spots. If you hold Kevin Durant and his word about money, he wants the max deal, Golden State would make sense. Um, you know, sign it for a one plus one. Because here's the thing. Say the Warriors say the Warriors win this year, right? No team in the NBA has ever hit a four-peat. You move to Oakland, to the new arena, and, you know, you have a, a chance, say they win, to, to win a potential championship. That's, that's, on, that's a look to look at. But, you know, the Knicks, everybody believes the Knicks are going to make sense Depends on what the Knicks do in free agency. You know, in addition, bringing Kevin Durant to the Knicks would be an easier road to the NBA Finals for him in the Eastern Conference, just like it was for LeBron when he was on the Cavs. And it can be his team, etc. But when you win it against the Western Conference team, that's the other thing. What do the Lakers and the Celtics have in common? They build stars or they attract stars. L.A. is able to bring in a Kevin Durant if they're able to get Anthony Davis as free agent or via trade, and they're able to do something else in free agency with all that cap space. All that stuff about Magic Johnson and Luke Walton will be a thing of the past. But they got to bring it this summer. Yeah. What? Well, 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 I mean, honestly, do you think that Rob Polinka is a good fit? I mean, because, you know, there's so many rumors going out that just people just don't want to work with him. So it's like... I mean that's that that's a hard thing, you know. If people don't want to work with you as a, as a GM, like, how do you get anything done? I believe that Mark. I think that Palenka is more ally than people think. You don't you don't get to the point that you are in life by just being agreeable with everybody. You gonna ruffle some feathers. And I feel like if Rob Palenka, who has the relationships, teams with a tandem of 
a Jerry West or, uh, 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 you know, just someone in the front office, you're really building a recruiting team to get Kevin Durant. And it starts now. Um, if it's not Kevin Durant, it's Kyrie. It, it all comes down to who, who all is teaming up to win. If Kawhi Leonard is on the table, um, what are you building? You know, you, you, like, you can't just sell people on Lonzo Ball, and that's it. I think Kyle Kuzma has a lot of talent, and everybody was believing that he was going to be that Scotty Pippen for LeBron Michael Jordan. But I think LeBron working out this summer, having time to themselves, et cetera, et cetera, is going to create um, a situation where he's going to be motivated. I like a motivated LeBron. But you also got to see who else they're going into the table. I believe that the Lakers are going to do something, but it all depends on who they're putting together and they're recruiting on their recruiting team to get whomever they want to get there. So, to answer your question, I believe Rob Palenka is a smooth operator. Even if you demote his role, you still need an ally like him. So, you know, the Lakers are expecting a superstar this summer. Um, and if we strike out and get like a Kimball Walker, how do you see him fitting with LeBron James? Well, I know that the, that the Charlotte Hornets are prepared to offer him a max deal. Um, but I also do think that there'll be teams like the Dallas Mavericks that'll be interested in his services. Um, particularly with a guy like Luka Doncic, a healthy Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and others on that team, Tim Hardaway Jr. and others. I think that that is an alluring uh, situation. I think that the Hornets had a good start to their season, uh, but they fell at the end. And, you know, I talked to Kimba in September, and, you know, he told me all I wanted to do was make the playoffs. And they didn't do that this year. And you look at Dallas – Dallas had a competitive streak going, I think, in a, a summer working together in a situation where those guys can kind of gel. I like the intrigue of Kimber Walker in Dallas. I also like the intrigue of Kimber Walker with the Utah Jazz. Oh, that'd be a good fit. I think so, too. They're missing something. He may be that it. You know, if you keep doing the same thing expecting get to, and expecting to get different results, that's the definition of insanity. Maybe it's time for him to try something new. Yeah. So the Lakers, mm, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily like that fit. I don't think, I think that the Cavaliers tried that at the at the at the draft at the draft when they were trying to see if LeBron was going to stay, and they thought Kimball Walker was going to be that piece. I don't think Kimball Walker and LeBron together are going to create a championship. They need their own team. True. So do you think that maybe like because, you know, LeBron has played on the ball his entire career. Like what I was telling Jay and Roger, like it's hard because he's at the end of it, like, you know, coming towards the end of his career. And he has to start to learn how to be that complimentary player rather than that. Like he has to become like um, he has to develop more of like a shorter game rather than have, having to handle the ball. 
like he does, um, just because it's going to take a toll on his on his body. And with a groin injury like that, it's still hard to come back. Once you get that injury, the chances of it reoccurring are going to be that much greater. Um, so, like, with that being said, do you think that he needs somebody that's going to be a dominant point guard, or would he need somebody that's going to be like uh, Kawhi Leonard that doesn't necessarily need the ball in their hand? and can play off of the ball and is also a great defender. So LeBron really doesn't – because LeBron's not playing defense anymore. So, yeah, so, but I think, I, I think what, it's interesting what, you bring that up. I had uh, Ramona Shelburne on the Scoopy Radio podcast, and we I actually asked her the, it's pretty much the same question you asked. She said she doesn't see LeBron changing. LeBron has always been that guy. And as I said to you at the beginning of our conversation, um, Dwayne Wade began to make that – adjustment to playing off the ball. You know, when he came into the league, he was the, the, the Miami Heat's point guard. LeBron dominates the ball. And it's funny because I went to college in Philly for undergrad and had the opportunity a lot. You know, as a kid, I was around this person, being a child reporter with the Nets, and then as an adult being in college in Philadelphia, I watched a lot of Allen Iverson at the Wells Fargo Center and in Philly. And he never adjusted his game because he always had to have the ball in his hand. Yet he still gave you seven or eight assists. People always talk about his turnovers. The way he plays a breakneck speed ended up being the same way that Russell Westbrook plays now. Excuse me, and he celebrated in the way Wade played. Breakneck speed, reckless abandonment. LeBron is a, has a bit of a more finesse game. He's more of a Jason Kidd or more of a Magic Johnson. Pass first. But I think LeBron is going to have to kind of back up a little bit. Because when he was off the floor, Brandon Ingram played better. When he kind of backed up, Kyle Kuzma played better. So, you know, I, I can tell you that I, people I've spoken to have said that was kind of the clash that he and Kyrie Irving often had. Both of them guys are big dogs and they want to eat. And that could deter people from wanting to play in L.A. You become a LeBron lackey, some say, when you play on a team with him. So I think once you're a creature of habit, it's hard to change. Some people... Um, may want to, you know, adjust and do that. But I, I think in that instance, I think Kyrie would be the perfect person to tell him, yo, remember when we did this and you acted like this? Let's change this and do that. I don't have any intel to suggest that the Lakers are a team of Kyrie's interest, but using that as an example, I think someone is going to have to come in and have that same type of attitude. Yeah. So if Kobe really does come in and console, you know, that's that's Kyrie's guy. That's like his mentor. Mm-hmm. Would that be a way to pull to pull him back to the Lakers? Like if if let's say they get Ty Lue, right? Mm-hmm. As the coach, LeBron's there, Kobe's in place, Rob Blink is in place, and they go to Kyrie and like, hey, let's 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 join up again and, and go back to the finals. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you could see enticing him? I don't know. I think it would have to be what else is on the floor. I think that um, just because LeBron James and Kyrie had that phone conversation doesn't mean they're going to jump up and be teammates. Um, and I think people jump on it because of what he said in, in that uh, in that media scrum earlier this year. Um, I think for Kyrie to come, I don't necessarily think it has anything to do with Kobe. I think it has everything to do with um, who else the Lakers would have. Like, Everybody jumps on this whole KD and Kyrie as a, as a fit. But I remember in the summertime when everybody was on this, um, uh, Kyrie and Jimmy Butler were going to play together. And I spoke to someone who said that they're friends, 
but they're not as close as people think. And so, like, I'll tell you, I told you about the Jordan party that I was at in February. I was with Kyrie and, and, K, and KD at the Jordan party, had conversation with them, talked with them, had, you know, exchanged pleasantries and all that stuff. And those guys were standing there acting silly and being silly the same way that they were when you guys saw that video a day or two later. And mm-hmm. I think that people think just because someone has a relationship, that's going to lure them to play. I think it's a personal decision based upon comfortability, based upon coaching, based upon a lot of things. Kyrie vacations in L.A. He works out in L.A. Um, he likes L.A. Um, he's told me, but as L.A. as a city, not as a team. But you know, I have to quantify that because people jump on me these days. <laughs> but, but what I would say is um, I don't think it has anything to do with Kobe. It has more to do with personal preference. These guys know each other. They know how they are. You, you know, birds of a feather flock together. A lot of these guys, they've come up since AAU, and, you know, some have grown up together. I don't think it has anything to do with bringing Kobe in. Kobe can make a call on the Lakers' behalf, but I think ultimately for someone like Kyrie, it's a personal decision. All right, Scoop. So just, just to, you know, wrap it up, the Lakers fans out here need some hope right now because it's in a state of disarray. Is there anything that you can tell us to give us, like, an inkling of – of hope that, hey, like, this might really get turned around soon? On uh, the words of Jesse Jackson, keep hope alive. Rome wasn't built in a day. And, you know, this Lakers process um, was not going to be built in a day. I, I believe that the Lakers would be a top 16. I also believe that the Nuggets would have been a top four team. So I'll go one for two on that. Um, I also thought Portland was going to be tougher than people gave the credit for. So I guess I can go two for three. Uh, I will say that the Lakers haven't grown up watching the Yankees, haven't grown up, you know, watching the Knicks, haven't grown up watching, you know, just my local teams, even the Dallas Cowboys. There's an expectation that you're supposed to be good with your daggone good all the time. And I, I think that you got to reserve a little bit more patience than normal because you want to get this right. Um, I also think that the, the Lakers have had so much imperfection this year. It's actually interesting to watch them try to save face and also try to make it right. That Anthony Davis trade was very public or trade discussions were very public. Um, that the level of scrutiny that everything of everything Magic Johnson did was very public and I'll just say that um, looking back a year from now uh, a year ago um, I feel like I'm part of the Lakers family because I've been freaking stalking LeBron James' plane from Angola coming back to LA. I feel part of the family. I mean it was a process and um, having been entrenched in this process for the Lake with the Lakers for a year and some change I, I would really say it's it's an honor, but at the same time, just knowing what I know and who I speak to over the last nine, ten months, you just got to exude a level of patience. But I think this year was just a lot of confusion because this is unprecedented. Like, you've never, like you said, you've never brought in a player who's a free agent to the magnitude of LeBron James, and you don't really know him yet. Like, the, you, you mentioned Shaq as a top free agent, the last person. I think, I think the only thing closer to Shaq bringing someone of his magnitude uh, to L.A., 
I think LeBron's situation is more like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar than it is Shaq. Because at least Kareem won in Milwaukee. And then he came in and destroyed things in L.A. So I I think, you know, LeBron has never had to answer to so much media before in a big market like L.A. And I think that groin injury, if we weren't talking groin injury, I think we'd have a whole different conversation now. Very true. Right, Scoop. Well, thanks for coming on our podcast. We really appreciate your time tonight. You were more than generous. And uh, we hope to get some uh, news soon about a new president or coach. And we'll be giving you a call. Maybe Obama's going to be president. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm with it. I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you for having me. All right, Scoop, you want to give all the people Thank you. All, your, uh, all your info, your Twitter, your podcast, all that stuff? Oh, yeah. Before we get out of here. Subscribe to the Scoopy Radio Podcast. 3.5 million streams last year. Uh, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply visit ScoopBRadio.com. Make sure to um, follow me on Twitter at ScoopB. And then you can also follow me on uh, Instagram and Snapchat. It's both Scoop underscore B. Make sure you put that underscore between Scoop and B. Scoop underscore B on Snapchat and Instagram. And uh, that's it. All right, man. Appreciate your time. Gentlemen, enjoy your weekend. All right, you too. Thanks. Man, that was a great interview. Thanks thanks for joining us, Scoop. Everyone else, make sure you go on Twitter. Follow us at Laker Unfiltered. Make sure you go and you subscribe and you like the podcast. Give it five stars. And, hey, keep on listening. We're going to keep getting more, more guests. This was just the, the first of many. And we'll see you guys next week.